I'm your announcer, Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. This is Al Joseph, and I give you the right to rock. For two guys who are so metal, they use aluminum foil for toilet paper. It's Genghis and Ragman. Good to see you. That's good to see you. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. A little dragon ass today. I've been up in the great white north. Oh, for the week. Really? First time in like 12 years, dude. Oh, shit. Business took me there, mate. Did you it see Vitor in the snow dog homes? Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> dude, fuck, I lucked out because the rumor was yesterday if uh, I was still there, you know, this coming Monday coming up, I'd probably get locked in the country. They wouldn't let me out. No shit. They're, they're like, going back you, on lockdown homes. They're like, you're Canadian now, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should I say A after everything, mate? I don't know. Do I need to start eating maple syrup on everything? It's like, you can't say mate. We're hoses over here, mate. <laughs> I say, you just said mate. You should tell worry what, I, what I'm saying, mate. You're, you're Canadian. I think you hit it on the head. Not Australian, mate. No. <laughs> you're Canadian, A. You bastards. So how you doing, you hoser? Doing all right. Just doing my thing. I don't know what it's all about. Uh Uh-oh. 
Okay, I'm done. I was going to say, that, yeah, let's not commit too hard to this. I can't go any further. I can't. Yeah, it's only so long I can keep that shit up. <laughs> it's not no really. shit. Hey, I did visit some breweries, shocker. Nice, but Canadian breweries. So are yes. they doing anything different or unusual? Or is it all IP shit up there too? IPA. I don't like your tone, sir. You're like, it doesn't matter. I'm only going to drink IPA, so. Well, they, they have a variety. It's pretty much like here. I already there's know scouts, what's going on. <laughs> there's Pilsners, there's Lagers. There's but I didn't touch any of that shit. I just tried the IPAs. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Go say, Jose, what you gonna do? Uh, IPAs, the hazies. I gotta say, their hazies aren't quite as juicy as they are here in the States. Well, at least I'm interested to hear that. Just Because when else am I going to drink right Canadian beer? So it's interesting to hear what other... How often do we go into other countries? So to hear what other countries are doing, especially we've been isolated in our own countries for so long right. now. Interesting. Yeah. To hear so what doing. the the beers were good. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they weren't. Uh, I really had some nice ones up there. You know me, I'm a sucker for the Sabro hops and the co- coconut stuff. So sure, sure. got some good stuff like that. I actually brought one back, and I was gonna bring it on the show, but I couldn't find anything on it. So Don't. it's that new, Holmes. Wow, it's cool. that new. I'm hip. Uh, but actually, I did bring one that I will have for the beer of the show here in just a few minutes. Uh, but no, it, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's the hops are using or what, dude. Fucking the next morning, it's fucking rancid. When you're farting it, beer farts and the shit. Gnarly. But it's not that way, I mean, because that's all you ever drink here. It's not that way here? It is, but it was just a more. It future. is, but it's fine. <laughs> it's like, I think there's something going wrong inside, mate. I know, I think I'm dead. I'm dead, mate. Something curled up and died. I mean, it's, it's, it's your you're, you're Even when you fart, you're like, what the fuck just came out of me? Exactly. That's but not a good I one. I hit 11 breweries in four days. Uh, Damn. I'm actually kind of proud of that a little bit. I don't know if I'd be proud of it, but okay. <laughs> but dude, uh, just real quick, uh, between U.S. and Canada, as far as lockdown stuff, dude, to go into a restaurant, a bar, brewery, anywhere where you're going to do something like that, you've got to show your vaccination card and your wow. ID. Wow. See, I, I would just walk out and be like, fuck you, man. You wouldn't eat? No, I'd eat somewhere else. Where they're not, not everybody's doing that. There's no yes, way. the whole country. I don't believe you. Every place I went to, sir. Then this is why Canada sucks dick. Well, exception of Tim Hortons, I got a couple donuts and a coffee, but go. I didn't dine in. I got, got my stuff and left. Good. There you go. Because that's so. horseshit, man. I was I was getting gas the other day, and I was like, oh, I, uh, I'm i thirsty as fuck. And, I'm, and it's hot. It was kind of hot. So I was like, I'm going to give me a drink. I walked up there. I uh, finished filling my tank, walked up to the door, and I said, you're required to wear a mask. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm not not going to come in here. I'll just well, that's be thirsty here. on the way home. Right, right. It's fine. I, well, did did you just go in and say fuck you? No, I'm not gonna. That's the thing. I don't have a right to do that. I'm not a I'm not a heathen. It's like if you, it's your store, and you have a right to set whatever rules you want. But if you're gonna set a rule that says I'm gonna have to fucking wear a mask for no fucking reason at all, I'm just like, all right, then guess what? I'm not a customer of yours. Bye. Well, I'm not, not giving you my money. Do you think uh, that maybe they just never took the mask? Uh, signed down? No. I think they think they're being smart and I disagree with them. Yeah. Okay. But but okay. I respect their right. To, it's I mean, I'm not one of those because I saw jerk-offs like that months ago when, when things are sort of starting to kind of ease up. 
And some guy was, as I was walking into the grocery store, some guy was yelling at a security guard like, you can't tell me to wear a mask. And I'm just like, dude, that's not cool. If the dude says, look, this guy, this, the owner of the store has decided that he wants everyone to wear masks, then okay, you have a right. It's your store. I can't tell you right. what to do in your store. But True. that means if I don't want to comply, then I don't get to go to your store. This guy was like pushing his way into the store like he had a right to shop there because he exists. And it's like, that's not how that works, dude. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, the same thing. It's no different than no shirt, no shoes, no service. Nobody scoffs at that. Right. You just get used to it. It's like, okay, fair enough. I, but I will choose on my own to say, if you are going to be one of those ones that requires a mask, I'll just go somewhere else. But, you know, some people have got the clever idea to put in no mask, no service. After the no shirt, no shoes. That's fine. Yeah. That's the same thing. You have, Like I said, you yeah. have a right to say these are the rules of coming into my store. What I wish they'd do is add on the bottom also, no fucking dogs. Right. Don't come walking in here with your little fucking uh, schnauzer or whatever in your arms like it's your baby. It's like you don't bring animals into a fucking store. What's the matter with you? Oh, dude, they're everywhere now. Yeah, I know. I'm sick of it. What the fuck? Paris Hilton went and broke everything yes. by carrying her stupid-ass dog everywhere because now everyone seems to think it's okay to carry your dog everywhere you go like they're your fucking child. It's ridiculous. I, 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 I just want to put in there that uh, the Paris, uh, uh, I was actually doing stuff like that. Uh, I just, she consulted me and it became a thing. Oh, okay. I'm sure you did, dude. I'm sure you did. I'm willing to believe that because it gives me another reason to be pissed at you. Excuse me. Not sure I quite understand. Dude, just just let us move on right now. Just we'll, we'll give you credit for that. Congratulations, John, for pissing us off about bringing pets into fucking stores. Thank you. So anyway. So uh, anyway, that's anyway. enough. I, I'm ranting again. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I tell you what, let's, before we go into our beer of the show, let's play one of my favorite Canadian bands ah. off their last record that came out a whole year ago, uh, Change the World. Who am I talking about? That would be Harem Scarum. Nice. So, uh, actually, this Change the World record was so awesome. Uh, came out in 2020. Uh, right as the pandemic hit, and unfortunately, I don't know how well the record did. We'll have to talk to Pete again. It's been a while since we've talked to Pete, but uh, always like this track, kind of a, a more darker track, or not dark track, but dark horse. It's not real popular. Uh, this one's called Fire and Gasoline. <laughs>
actually did, probably should reach out to Pete to see kind of what they're up to. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the, the rock market before we start hitting on some topics because there's a lot going on here recently. But, um, you know, with uh, the way the market is in Canada, especially, at least Alberta, where I was, going on pretty hardcore lockdown, it wasn't <coughs> the live music. Because I got to be honest, I was like, shit, dude, I wonder if I should just move this trip to November because there's a band I love called Big Wreck uh-huh. playing around Calgary, Red Deer, and all that stuff. I was like, uh-huh. shit, it would be my opportunity to see Big Wreck. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, now, I wonder if the tour will even happen. But, you know what, Should we, let's play some Big Wreck. Okay. I like Big Wreck a lot. They're really yeah, cool. Yeah. So, double shot of Canadian bands. All right, it's another two for Tuesday, Canadian style, and I don't mean bacon. Oh! How was that? I was honestly shutting you out. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, the Oaf? I always love this song. Very cool. say it's not like you're not gonna like it well, I might not. no no please oh, fuck this, exactly we know how this goes 
there's not much to the can. Yeah, that's one of the most basic cans. It just literally just says IPA across the whole damn can. And then the logo 88. Nice. So I picked this up in my travels in Calgary this week uh, from the 88 Brewery. Uh, it was uh, one of the, look at that. Holy sheep shit. Looks like every other IPA shirt. One of the higher rated breweries that I could find when I was doing my research. Genghis, what am I drinking? You, sir, are drinking the legendary. You already said the band, uh, the not the band, the beer is from uh, 88, Brewery 88. Is that what you called it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. And it is called the Soft Serve Oat Cream IPA. So I think we know where this is going. It's a big, hazy IPA malt bill with 50% oats. Damn. Most oats we've ever used. The oats add a creamy and full mouthfeel along with a lot of uh, lots of haze. A big, thick body that drinks smooth and soft. Soft water profile was used to further the mouthfeel. So they were really going for a certain kind of feel with this, like a an experience as you tasted it. So that, I like that, that they're putting that much into it. Big Whirlpool hop and huge dry hop with cashmere, sabro, sabro cryo, and lactose added in the boil. Damn, this thing's got a lot of shit going on in it. Let me, let me get this back here. I didn't realize there was more to it. Lactose added in the boil and vanilla added in the fermenter. This adds body and sweetness. Wow, sounds pretty good. Uh, let's even, before you start real quick, give a little bit more information here. For instance, this is 8.5%, uh, 30 IBU. They, they have their little byline, creamy vanilla goodness. That makes it sound really good. So... They say on here the aroma should be... Well, let's start with the appearance. They say the appearance should be a dark gold or yellow, super hazy, dense head. Is that what you're saying there? Does that sound about right? Say that again? That's a lot going on there. Dark gold yellow. Yeah. Super hazy, dense oh, head. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of head, just very small head. Fair enough. So, uh, it's beautiful looking, man. How, how would you rate that? The oh, appearance. The look, dude, I'm dying to try it. Uh, <laughs> All right, it looks want, amazing. I want to make really, you made really too long. Easy, super thick. Man. It looks super thick. I'm I'm seeing it through your your little webcam, and yet, man, that shit looks crazy. It almost looks like a white Guinness or something. Yeah, that's much. wild. You uh, see it through that, dude. Not even the monkey. Like no shit, that. dude. For the aroma, it says vanilla, tropical fruit, lemon, lime, and melon, coconut, tangerine, slight mint. A little bit of mint. Yeah, so so now you go ahead and take a sniff, and what do you think? You smell any of that in there? I smell the orange. I smell the vanilla. Okay. A lot of citrus, Probably so should be. I don't smell the mint, though. Any of the coconut? Not really. No, not off the... Not Interesting. Off the, it's not too present. Not my sniffing. All right. What do you... Uh, how would you rate it? Too, yeah, the, the allergies and shit. It's got me, too. What is a... If you could rate it, what would you say? Uh... Right now, I'm going straight four. <laughs> of course. Just because it's fucking beautiful. Man. All right, so, you go while well, you go for a it. taste. Yeah, clink it. Go for a taste, and I'll read about the flavor and mouthfeel information they got here. Because I like how they fill out all this information. So for flavor, they say sweet, fruit and berries, melon, and citrus. It's really bitter. A lot more bitter than I thought it'd be. Interesting. Well, it does say, yeah, for mouthfeel, super soft and creamy, low carbonation, big body, lingering bitterness. Right on the head, dude. Okay. Slightly right. sweet. I wonder if it warms up and it'll get a little sweeter. My, my, with all the stuff vanilla. they put in, yeah, with all the stuff they put in, it's got to, because they wanted to add the body and the sweetness 
to it and they wanted it to be smooth and soft. That was I mean, what they were going for with that. So. It's almost like a lemon peel, lime peel, just bitter citrus at the back end. Okay, so we're really trying to crank the, the citrus in this. Yeah, I don't get the coconut though from the Sabrahoppers. It smells great when you just bring it up to your uh, your mouth. To try this might to be one it. of those ones that, that as it warms up, the flavor profile changes a little bit. That'd be interesting I'd to like see. I like it. I don't love the taste. Huh. So for flavor, what would you rate it? Probably three and a half. I mean, it's not far from a four, uh -huh. but it's not just totally blowing my shit away. What about the mouthfeel? It's kind of watery. It's not as creamy as I thought it would be based on the description. Yeah, because the they're like super soft and creamy. So where is it? That's interesting. Yeah. You don't think you maybe got a, like the can was bad or something? I don't think so. I, I will say this. Uh, it, this is not really a knock on Canadian beers, but a lot of them were more watery and not as full and creamy and rich as some of the U.S. hazies like this I've had in the past. That's or I had here in Houston specifically where yeah. some of them were just, holy shit, you know? <laughs> That's interesting. Got okay. dribble in your pants when you're done. I mean, but that is interesting. Like I said, it's interesting to hear the difference because uh, there's bound to be, even among the same, like anyone can make, like in Germany, if they wanted to make a hazy IPA, they could do it. Or a hazy D D D Dipa, D double IPA. So, But surely the, their flavor will be a little different than our flavor. There's bound to be different ingredients, different locally sourced stuff, water and what have you. So it's interesting to hear that, that there's an overall sort of flavor profile from Canada that you can detect differently from American. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about some of the stuff that I, you know, I was in Denver, you know, three or four weeks ago, and their beers are rich, creamy, a lot of them. Huh. But it seemed like about everyone I, I had in Canada, no, I really liked some of them quite a bit. They just weren't as, I mean, some of them are watery here, but they just weren't as rich and creamy and, uh, than what these are just even like like I said the look of this it just has more of a watery characteristic to it than it does with like uh, some of the beers here man does that make any sense yeah yeah I like I, I, and I like getting that like I said we don't often get to get that comparison you know mm -hmm. I don't know I wouldn't even know a Canadian beer I mean Molson Golden right I mean I don't know in a lot of Le Canadian Bach, beers too. yeah or something like the Golden obvious shit gold, eh? right the obvious kind of silly shit but but they're I'm sure they have a microbrewery thing going on over there oh dude, it's insane yeah the There's scene I'm sure is big there. so many fucking breweries wow I mean it's like the Denver of Canada There's oh wow so many breweries now. remember how big it was back when they were brew pubs were a thing and that was a yeah. while back and uh, that was a big. Then we thought it kind of went away, but then it's like it's come back again, and even stronger. It seems like. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. Well, what would you uh, overall rate to close this out? Three and a half. You know, I'm liking it better now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Should I go on first? First opinion. The more I drink, the more I like. Well, let's be uh, fair about this. I guess it makes sense that if you have four individual ratings, the uh, appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel and any one of those is less than a four, then it doesn't make sense that the overall could be a four, right? Right, right. So you already said three and a half unless you're changing that on the uh, flavor. Or the more I drink, the more it goes to closer to a four. <laughs> Seriously, it's gotten better. Maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's out of the can for a bit. Now maybe that's it. Breathe a little bit. Yeah, maybe, yeah, once it got out of the can. Because I bet what they're rating on or where they came up with this flavor profile or the little description here on the website is probably from a, a tap. So yeah, there's there's yeah. going to be a difference there, I think, in the taste. 
a little this bit. This has gotten, actually, it's weird. It, you know, all, I go on this whole rant about <laughs> watery and stuff. Yeah. It's tasting a lot more full and creamy now. Interesting. Okay, so it must have been the can. Like, once it got out of the can, it can kind of breathe, kind of like a wine. It just sort of it kind of blossomed out or something. It's, well, and I poured in the very last uh, bit of it after I took a few drinks of the, the initial pour. Oh, okay. And so I got the whole can in there, and now it's just like, wow, this is really solid. Oh, okay. That's cool. I got to go for now. All right. Fair enough. Change it. That's Mr. fine with me. Uh, Mr. John, we hit the horn, sir. Mom, hip. Or you want me to get something? Yeah, why not? Why don't I throw something out there? How about something that uh, apparently, if I'm if I'm re, uh, if I read right, this is uh, something that was a demo for the I guess the previous album, and so uh, but never made it onto the album I think, and so it's going to be on this album, their new album that comes out October eighth, and that is Trivium. So oh they, yeah. Yeah, they got a new uh, single that's out called The Phalanx. So, uh, yeah, and in fact, uh, before we play it, uh, Paolo, who is uh, Paolo Gregoletto, the bassist, he said that uh, once we knew the album was going in a more epic, proggy direction, I immediately thought of the song and pitched the idea to others. And with a few minor changes to some chorus parts, a brand new middle section, and the orchestrations from Isan. So Isan had a thing in here. He said the phalanx was reborn. Yeah. So he says the Phalanx is reborn. So he says it's got a lot of new and old riffs, and I think you should dig this if you like Shogun. So I'm hip. Oh, dude, I was about to start laughing. He's like, I wrote the whole song with the exception of the uh, bridge, the solo, uh, the chorus, <laughs> the beginning the verses. and end. <laughs> <laughs> but that one little riff, I did that. <laughs> exactly. Let's check it out, man. Yeah, definitely.
Dude, they fucking were really, really solid, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Because really they've been, because uh, if you watch uh, Matt Heafy, he's, he's on Twitch. And so yeah. because of COVID, I mean, he's been locked down. So he's on like Twitch like all the time. And oftentimes when he's on there, he's there with with the rest of the band and they're just fucking jamming. So it's like they've, it's like nothing slowed them down from just practicing and refining and getting tighter. They didn't, they didn't just sit around and go, oh shit, it's COVID. They just said, fuck yeah. it. You know, if we can do this, let's do this. So, I mean, sometimes they were doing it with all the masks on, but they were just fucking jamming constantly. So it's like, sweet. Why not? Keep it up if you can. I guess they're lucky in that because maybe this isn't true for bands like Metallica or Megadeth. They're lucky that maybe all of those guys in the band all like live really nearby each other. So yeah. we can get together and dick around if we want to. Whereas like some of these guys, especially older bands, like maybe Lars lives in fucking, you know, fucking New York or something. And James is in San Francisco. And maybe like Kirk lives in Tennessee or some shit when they're not touring or whatever or writing albums. And it's just like, eh. We're in COVID. It's like fuck it. We'll just I'll send you a tape or something. Or, you know, I think I got a shit ton of money too. So. That too. So these bands, I think they're still hungry enough that there's like, yeah, if we can yeah. fucking jam. And Matt, Matt Behefi being like, I got a fucking studio. I literally have a studio in my house, and we're on, we're on live on the internet, so we can broadcast our jam sessions and just fucking have fun with it. It's like sweet, go for it. Yeah. So, but you know, half the time he's he's video gaming, and and he plays a lot of games. I don't give a shit about so that's why i kind of stopped watching his stuff but he does a lot of cool shit on his channel wouldn't it be funny if he just played the sims all day no shit <laughs> or something like really sims right just a little cheesy shit or minecraft <laughs> just builds a giant castle but it's like square so it's just boring as fuck <laughs> so i'll build it out of a billion little bricks mate <laughs> like whatever dude just keeps making it bigger and bigger. Well, I tell you what, real quick, uh, before we jump into just like some stories of the day, I just wanted to talk about, uh, I guess, concerts like we always do, and uh, the viability. Are they going to happen? Are they not going to happen? Uh, the COVID stuff, the element there. Uh, here we are. Uh, several concerts getting postponed to 2022. Uh-oh. Not sure if you're aware, but uh, no. Dream Theater. Yeah. It's now going to be in 2022. Oh, shit. I had not heard any of that. I haven't been keeping yeah. up with the music, uh, the concert news. That happened here, I want to say, a week or so ago. And wow. then. Because the I heard that the Delta variant, the surge is going down. Yeah, I'm not sure why bands are doing it. Like, they're huh. like, oh, we're not going to do it, mate. No. Okay. Uh, King's X, surprise, surprise, they postponed 2022. Oh, all right. This is the third year in the row. Or what about what about Ginger? Because if I get fucked again, I'm gonna be upset. Uh, as far as I know, I think we're still good. I mean, it's uh, not till December, right? So right. So we got time. All right. We got time to die. I mean, if that shit doesn't go through, I'm gonna be because it's like it's literally been like a several years I've been trying to see them live, and something always fucks me out of it. Okay, I'm gonna check our tickets right now. Uh, like postponed indefinitely. Okay, yeah, they're still on, and okay. so are the Rolling Stones. Okay. Which is good, yeah. Dream Theater postponed. Uh, I still have tickets to the Killswitch show from oh, 2020 gosh. postponed, but they're coming out with Slipknot uh, in a few weeks. Wow. It's crazy, so, man. Crazy insane. Crazy uh, insane. So another one, the Bay Area Thrash show that we were going to go see yeah. testament exodus and death angel postponed fuck for real mm -hmm. 
A certain what? listener wanted me to bust your balls for not going with us. What do you mean? Oh, I didn't think you were going to go. I told him you may not go with us. To the testament thing? How can I go? It's postponed, bro. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I need the future, mate. I did. Well, you know, that's the thing. In the back of my mind, though, because all of this has been so shaky, <clears throat> that's why I've been putting off buying stuff. Because I'm like, it's like, I'd like even theaters. They're like, everyone's talking about, well, the new movie's coming out, but only in theaters. They're really trying to get you back in the theaters. And I'm like, yeah. I'm considering it. I've started. I'm like, you know, I might want to go see it. It's been so long. But it's like, if I get there and they fucking say, oh, by the way, you know, in the theater the entire time, you'd be masked. I'll be like, fuck all of you, and I'll just leave. I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. in other words, don't quote unquote open up unless you're fucking opening up. That's not really opening up if it's like we're acting like it's the fucking future. It's Logan's run or something. And I'm going to get the Andromeda strain if I go to the local fucking store. It's like, look, are we done or aren't we done? I'm fucking vaccinated. What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I can't breathe with this fucking mask on my face. It's just how it is, man. Oh, dude. It, it, this trip to Canada, fucking seven hours in the mask. Dude, come on, man. It's literally, literally, I did a thing where I was wearing it for a while, for a week, because I was doing so. I don't even remember what it was, and I was just wearing it all the time, because I was like, all right, I'll play along. And literally, I started getting a rash around my eyes, because that's where my breath comes out, you know, from the mask. And I just, right around my eyes, it's just all getting red like I had fucking pink eye. And I'm like, oh, great. This is wonderful. <laughs> I just it, gave myself a problem. Yeah, because I'm breathing my oh, own fetid sucks. breath back in my face. It's like, well, fuck. Thanks for nothing, guys. So, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering because, you know, I was supposed to potentially go to Europe in November. And then I, my boss is like, ah, I don't think that's going to happen. So I was like, okay, fair enough. So there's two shows I really want to go see. Uh -huh. One being a band called The Architects. And then the next band, actually it's a back-to-back -back the next night, is Churches. Uh -huh. Which is, uh, we played a song from them. Right, here. I know you're, you're really getting into them. Yeah, yeah, I take them. I just ordered the new record, so that's cool. Um, I want to buy tickets, but I'm like, should I put out the money for this yet, or should I wait? And then, like Sunday, mm -hmm. I, this is just being cheap because I don't want to pay the bullshit fucking fees. For sure, I'm gonna go see Cradle of Filth right. at Warehouse Live. Okay. So they're doing Cruelty of the Beast in its entirety. Man, all right. Cool. I'm, I'm pretty fucking fired up. I was gonna say that. it sounds like it'd be pretty cool, Ron. That's my uh, that's my favorite record from them. Yeah. And uh, cool. it's kind of interesting that they're doing that because they've got a brand new record out. So I was wondering, you know, are they gonna play anything? I wonder if they'll do kind of like a dream theater thing where they do kind of like some more classic stuff and then they go back and do do like an intermission and then come out and do a whole album. Yeah, but I mean they've got two other bands. I don't I don't know how they'll do it. Okay. Um, well, we play something off the new uh, forthcoming Cradle okay. Filth record. This one's called Necromanic. Man, what the fuck? Necromanic fantasies. <laughs> Can't fucking read. I don't have my spectacles on. Alrighty. Still.
I've heard some stuff that I like, but generally speaking, it's not necessarily my bag. I mean, I like, you know, me, I'm more of a, more of a jazz metal, you know, like, I like complex stuff. Not, not necessarily all math metal. I do like stuff that's just, that's just a melodic and -hmm. even poppy stuff. I mean, I listen to everything, but some of that stuff where it's all just, I don't know, whenever the drum just sounds like my CD skipping, just, and it's just, I'm like, what is this, man? It's like, give me something melodic. Yeah. And I and I don't know enough of Cradle of Filth. For all I know, they they a lot a melodic a lot of the time. I don't know. I just never really got around to listening to it, even an entire album. They're pretty heavy, but they do mix in some melody. That's so cool. I do like that about them. And it's kind of funny because here, oh shit, two or three weeks ago, I went and saw Black Veil Brides, and in this moment, and I took my girlfriend, uh-huh. and you know she's not a metalhead. Uh, by any sort, but I've taken her to a few shows now, and she's really enjoying. I don't know if it's just a live experience or or what, but uh, I guess she gets into the music. She's just kind of a go with the flow type person, That's cool. which is really fucking cool for a yeah, guy just like kind me. of open minded and stuff. Yeah, so she loved Black Veil Brides, but then when In This Moment came on, dude. They wasted fucking 30 minutes of the show on band introductions. Damn. It's good to be back playing live. Oh, the band's going to do an instrumental tribute to Iron Maiden, Metallica, and some other metal band, Priest, and some other bands. Sabbath. Why? And then there's going to be a drum solo. (laughs) All your favorite shit. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I was like, it was funny. We looked at each other, I think probably an hour into the set, and I looked at her, she looked at me, and I said, hey, you bored? She goes, yeah, a little bit. I go, you want to go? She goes, yes, please, let's go. (laughs) So we left. But uh, the reason I kind of brought that up, too, I wanted to mention that, because I was really bummed out. I liked in this moment a lot, Mm -hmm. and when they started the show and actually played music, they were good. Their music, not somebody else's. Right. Uh, Very cool. But this a lot of theatrics and stuff, and it was a little much. They came out, did the theatrical opening, and did the sing, and Maria Brink's out there with these girls, and they got the, you know, the cinematography shit going on with the blowing dresses and all that. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they go away from that, and I think they do one song, and then all the nonsense starts. So I think they actually play three or four songs, and then nonsense. So, How bizarre. It was, it was. But it was funny because uh, uh, since she's never been to like one of these shows, so we're, I guess in this moment, we're sell- selling these little devil horn things that lit up. Mm. I guess it's, I think it's one of the album covers or something like that. Uh-huh. And she goes, I said, hey, you want one of those? Just joking. She goes, no, I don't want that. I don't like <laughs> no, that. I don't. She goes, I don't like that. I was like, okay, cool. So... Hence, Cradle of Filth's probably not a good choice mm-hmm. to take her to go see. No, that's I what I think. So. <laughs> that, I wouldn't. That, that's what I that's think. That's the thing. I think of them more as one of those, kind of like I wouldn't take her to see, like when we saw uh, Behemoth. I wouldn't take her to see that either. The, one, the more extreme ones, I, I appreciate, and it's cool that she has an open mind about this, but some stuff is like, this is starting to stretch the limits. I don't know if I'd, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the extreme kind of shit. And that's why I generally don't listen to extreme kind of anything. 
It's yeah. just like, eh, I don't need to go that far. That's like pushing it too hard. It's like saying, hey, you like uh, food with barbecue sauce? I'm on a fucking load of barbecue sauce on it. It's like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't need all of it on there. Yeah, I don't yeah. need it swimming in it. Just a touch of it. You know, it's when you overdo it, it's like, are you just trying to compensate for something else, like lack of talent? So I don't need all this the fucking theatrics and shit. But I still think it's funny. Out of the shows I've taken her to, which one being the Trivium, Lamb of God, Megadeth show, mm-hmm. Stephen Percy, uh, Black Veil Brides in this moment now. Yep. And now, out of all those bands, her favorite was Megadeth. Nice. And she never knew a song of Megadeth. Wow. So now she's a believer. See, yeah. and that's the thing. And notice if you, this is the other cool thing to do is think about it like if you could just take a snapshot, a picture of any of the bands and just sort of like this represents the band that we saw. And if you see mm-hmm. Megadeth, it's like we're just up here in practically our street clothes. You know, we're nothing special. You know, I've got a he, probably what's his name? Dave probably has like a button down, like a black button down or something and a pair of jeans and some fucking boots or something. And that's mm-hmm. it. Not makeup and fucking all this light show and shit. It's like it's a pretty stripped down set. Like when we saw him with uh, Meshuga and uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Tesseract. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it wasn't it was just a pretty meat and potatoes. Like we just come out and play our fucking metal songs because we're fucking Megadeth. Right, you know, same with a lot of those bands. Now, Judas Priest is like, yeah, it's a it's a show. He does the thing, and Iron Maiden, they're famous for their shows. I'm not saying that you can't ever do any of that shit. I'm just saying it's like the best bands can strip down to like nothing and still blow you away. Right. So oh, I just trustful comes, bands that don't do that. What? Maiden, I'm taking her to Maiden. Oh, uh, okay. I gotta take her to Maiden. Okay, well then let's see, because I'd like to go to Maiden too, so that might be an issue. Well, let's see how they go. <laughs> And then no girls clap. Yep. Uh, but anyway, uh, so moving on. Uh, you want to hit a topic over there? I just want to bring a little bit of that up, just kind of live shows. And it was just interesting, again, not to just harp on in this moment, but so disappointing. I had so high hopes to see them play live and then got what I got. And I was like, oh, man, what a bummer. Well, um... Let's start off with real quick. As we know, of course, if you're talking about metal, you can't, you can hardly resist mentioning uh, Ozzy, and uh, he's got a new album coming out. And what's interesting about it are the uh, the guests he's got on this thing. So first of all, this is according to uh, Metal Injection. Uh, first of all, um, Zach will be on there, but you know, not he's not on the album like he's the guy. But he will be involved. I mean, he's going to be doing a little bit of stuff, I guess, playing some solos and stuff here and there just uh, to come in to, you know, be with the boss again. But he's also got uh, guest spots with uh, Tony Iommi. He's got uh, Jeff Beck. He's got Eric Clapton. Uh, So, yeah. And, in fact, I think I saw something about how co-writing... His, oh, so his new album is being produced by Andrew Watts, who has worked with Post Malone. Uh, That's the same guy from The Last Trucker, too, I believe. Yeah. And he's also, uh, that album, of course, had notable guest contributors as well, including Elton John, uh, Slash, Duff McKagan, and Chad Smith and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he's interesting that in this later part of his career, he's kind of just saying, you know, instead of the usual, like I've been doing, the classic formula of get the gunslinger in to do all the crazy flashy riffs and make some badass metal music and I sing over it. 
I want to be more collaborative, work with a bunch of different people I've always wanted to work with and do something a little more than just the usual metal stuff. And I'm like, eh. But that's kind of your gig, though, isn't it? I mean, you're the metal guy. So it's kind of weird that you're going to try to do this now. Maybe if you'd done it all along or started it 20 years ago instead of like the last album or two. That, to me, when you're that late in your career and you start doing a lot of it, it's like, eh, maybe you maybe you don't have so much faith in your own shit anymore. And that makes me wonder, like, do you still have it? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, I don't know. For all I know, I'll listen to that stuff. I had to listen to that album, Ordinary Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, But I, uh, I'm not interested in listening to it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, if it comes across in front of me, I might listen to it, but I wouldn't go looking for it, I guess is what I'm saying. But you know what's weird? Uh, you almost got to wonder what the motivation is to get your Jeff Beck's, Eric Clapton's to collaborate. Right. Is it, is he, you think he's still looking for some sort of acceptance as uh, a musician or something? Is it, are looking for some sort of uh, validation? Dude, he's one of the godfathers of fucking heavy metal. That's true. He doesn't have to prove anything if that's enough. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Maybe I mean, I, I don't on. see the point. I'm like, I'm with you. It's like, oh, I guess I'll do you an album with Elton John and we'll try. Me and Elton could do a good duet. I, I don't want to hear that as a metal fan or even a rock fan. Who? Why? You know, let's go ahead and get Billy Joel too and Rod Stewart. Let's get all those guys. I don't know. Who knows? Like I said, why am I irritated? I don't know. Like I said, to me, it's sort of it's weird when I see that. I can't think of anyone else who's done it, but I know it's happened before. We're just where an artist gets older and they're iconic for something, and then all of a sudden they decide, I'm just going to blow everything up and do things completely different. I'm like, and yeah, obviously, again, as we've always said, you, you're the artist. You got a right to do whatever you want. It's your life, it's your career. But um, I just don't. I don't know. I guess, like I said, I guess that doesn't mean, though, I have to listen to it. I guess is what I'm no, trying no, to say. No, no, no. You know we have I mean? the right to choose as fans. And yeah. I didn't buy the last re- Aussie record. I didn't yeah. like the songs I heard. And yeah. I'm pretty when it, sure I'm not going to like this one either. Yeah, because when it comes to Aussie, I'm not opposed to, even though it's like, dude, I mean, you've done everything. Do you really still need to be making albums? But if he makes a new album and it's got some kill, like Gus G was a great you know, oh, deal yeah. putting him in there. That almost got awesome. Or, if, or even if he got back together with Zach again and did a whole full Zach written, yeah. co-written album, it's like yeah, I'll give it a listen. Why not? I mean, that's that's what I know you for, and I liked that music, so why not? Right. But if he's like, no, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna work with Elton fucking John. It's like you're 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 fucking Ozzy. Why would you do anything with Elton? I'm not saying you're not allowed to. I'm saying it's that's not your your brand, dude. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, who's next, Paul McCartney? I mean, yeah. seriously, it's probably not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be weird, but I was like, yeah, I guess it fits with whatever else you're doing. Ozzy and Big Jack are going to redo uh, Dancing in the Streets home. Oh, shit. Ozzy's going to take the David Bowie part home. That'd be amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd actually like to see that just to go, what the f- What is this shit show, dude? What is going on? <laughs> be like, They'll be dancing. That'll be, because you know Ozzy only sings one way. Anyway, so that's that deal. It's, uh, I mean, there's some quotes in here, but I'm not inclined to read them about <laughs> what he said. I was like, whatever dude do your thing and you know what if i'm wrong i'm happy to say okay i was wrong this album's fucking amazing it's like, okay whatever oh dude I, I got a question for you what'd you get oh dude this blows dog okay so you know i was t- telling you i was gonna go to cradle filth on sunday uh-huh. i just see uh, i'm on metal injection 
And there's another tour apparently happening the same night in Houston. Uh-oh. August Burns Red. Fit for a King. I love Fit for a King. Yeah, yeah. I think we saw them at that festival. Era, I don't know them. And like Moth to Flames. For some reason, I think I know them, but I know that there was a Trivium song called that. So uh-huh. I may have to pull an audible at the line, Holmes. Oh shit, dude. I like August Burns Red a lot, too, but... I love Fit for a King. They're fucking brutal. Nice. They're brutal. I like them a lot. Well, I guess we should probably play some some going on. Like <laughs> okay, so they're like, what is he talking about? I'll show you guys what I mean. Uh, I'm trying to because we played them before. Uh, uh, it's my buddy from uh, Lightworker uh, said, "Hey, I think the guy from Fit for a King actually." Um, I think he produced their album or something like that. So mm-hmm. I tell you what, why don't we play? How about the path? because I was kind of interested in this because obviously I'm going to bitch about it. And that is, uh, they do an article over here on guitarplayer.com uh, and it's with Vivian Campbell, My Career in Five Songs. So, let's, for the hell of it, if you had to pick five songs to define Vivian Campbell, what would you pick? What would go on this list? Uh, okay. Uh, last in Line. I really like his solo in Last in Line. Oh, okay, the, the track Last in Line, not the band. Yeah, okay. Last in Line. Um, love the riff on We Rock. Uh, Toy Soldier, River Dogs. Uh, oh, uh, Don't Talk to Strangers off the first Dio record. Nice. How many am I at? I'm at four. I think that's so cool. I get one more. I gotta have another uh, River Dog song. Uh, shit, that's such every song. So, how Holy War? Nice. So, yeah, that'd be my five. How about you? 
Oh gosh, I, I wouldn't plan on doing it for myself. But let's see. I would definitely be picking some uh, some uh, River Dogs. Uh, Toy Soldier is always one of my all-time favorite solos. That's just a great fucking solo. Um, maybe Whisper. I, I like yeah, that. Great song. That's a great fucking song and a great fucking solo. So, uh, but then you've got. Um, from Dio, I was never as big a fan of, not that he didn't do any good, but uh, you were always the bigger Dio with Vivian Campbell fan than I was. But, uh, but you know, he did some good stuff. If I had to pick, I mean, I don't know. They, uh, certainly, uh, Rainbow of the Dark's a classic, so probably that one. I mean, we are defining his whole career, and he's right. that's a bloody famous song, right? <laughs> and he yeah, was yeah. on it. So we go with that one. So let's see. That's uh, with, uh, three. Uh, I haven't actually listened to much of the Last in Line band that he's in, and I certainly wouldn't pick anything from Def Leppard. So I might actually go back and uh, pick another couple of River Dog songs. To be honest, really, that first fucking album was so oh, amazing. Oh, I agree. It's awesome. Yeah, but, I, uh, I like it even more than. I mean, I like Dio, of course, and the Dio songs. I mean, like I like Rainbow in the Dark. It's a great song. But Holy Diver, another great song. But is the solo that I mean, I can't. Well, the riff. You think about the riff and you think about the solo. I guess, but I think of. I guess when you think about Vivian Campbell, I mean, he's 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 a soloist, right? I mean, he's he's a guitar player, but it's like anyone can play that riff. It's not like he, like, made that riff his own. It's just it's a riff. It's a great riff. I don't know. I know Ronnie wrote. We'll have to ask Tracy next time we talk to him. Okay. I know Ronnie wrote some songs. But who wrote, you know, those riffs, like the cl- like you said, classic Room of the Dark. Not my favorite Dio song, but a classic. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It kind of has to be on yeah. uh, Again, uh, Holy Diver. Uh, that's a classic riff. I love the song Invisible off the first record, too, off Holy Diver. It's fucking amazing. But Don't Talk to Strangers is such an amazing song. See, that's the thing. You're, you're mentioning whole songs, and I guess I'm thinking of I'm solos. thinking solo too. Or what did he preface? Did he say? Yeah, that's song what I want to go back and make sure. I think it's songs. Yeah, songs. Okay, so it's fair to include the whole song and not just concentrate. Because, like I said, if you said, you know, like, because. I, I can hum solos, right, to different songs. I mean, some of my favorites. Uh, and if you said, well, give me the solo to Rainbow in the Dark, what's it sound like? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. And give me the solo to uh, Don't Up Strangers. I really don't fucking know. A Holy Diver, have no idea. Do I know the riffs from the songs? Of course, the riffs are famous. Yeah. But the solos, not that memorable is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I know the fucking solos, every note to fucking... River yeah. Dog stuff because those solos are fantastic. They're they're right. beautifully crafted, and it's not all. It's it's melodic. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff up and down the fretboard. To me, that takes a lot more writing skill than just because we know what happened on the Dio stuff. He just got pissed at Ronnie. He's like, "You want fast? Fuck you! I'll play fast." And he just threw some shit out there, yeah. as opposed to I'm gonna write some really craft some really beautiful Tasty, melodic stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't really, I've never really been blown away by his work in Dio. I get that. Anyway, so let's see what they picked from uh, Guitar Player. This is what's really the, the key here. So their first one, uh, number one, Killing, number one. <laughs> Killing Time from Sweet Savage. 
Okay, I think that was his band before right. Dio. He says when I, never I was heard of. he says when I was about 15, I formed Sweet Savage in Belfast with Tremor Fleming, who unfortunately passed away some years ago. The Killing Time single was actually a double A side with another song called Taking the Prisoners. Never fucking heard of. Him. So I'm not saying it's no good, but it's like all right, you've already blown one. <laughs> on that one. So what's his next one? Then he picks Rainbow in the Dark from Holy Diver, of course, '83. He says the Rainbow in the Dark solo was the first solo I did on the Holy Diver album. And I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't rehearse any of it. I had no real studio experience other than the couple of sessions I'd done with Sweet Savage. So that's interesting. And yet, yeah. went on to do fucking Rainbow of the Dark, one of the most famous heavy metal songs ever. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, okay, fair enough. Then for number three, Straight Through the Heart, also on Holy Diver. Oh, that's a great song, too. I forgot about that. (laughs) And he says, he says, this is an epic song. I did some writing on it, though. I didn't get credited on the record because at the time I was too stupid to realize my name wasn't included. Now you not realize that. I was also too young and naive to say anything about it when I finally did notice. And that's fair. When you're new in the business. Sure. And that's not to say that Ronnie did that deliberately. I don't know. I'm not going to accuse him of that. But, you know, that kind of shit happens a lot. You know, you you, you get in there. You're you're just happy to fucking be there. So you're not going to complain about anything. And then uh, move on to number four, Cruise Control, uh, Def Leppard. From the album, Songs from the Sparkle Lounge fucking seriously and he says it's about a suicide bomber to my mind you'd literally have to put your mind on cruise control to do something like that so that's what prompted the title and the guitar solo reflects the angst of what i imagine that situation would be like angst you're gonna fucking blow yourself up that's more than just fucking angst bro yeah <laughs> but anyway i'm not to argue that it's just i would not have chosen any i didn't even know he fucking did any work on Def leopard i thought he was just like Oh no no no! Player. He's played and that the album Euphoria. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a song called Paper Sun. He wrote it. And him and uh, Phil Collins go back and forth trading legs, and it's really cool. Okay, that's uh, it's see, heavy. I, it's really cool. I, I, I would have put that probably up there as well because I love that song. Okay, that's fair. I'll have to go listen to that shit. And finally, number five, Year of the Gun from Last in Line Two. I know that song. It's it's cool. I, I think he tried to pick something from every part. See, of and I think that's a mistake. Except for River Dogs. See, and that's that's Let's what that's what Savage, mate. that's what fucking got me. First oh, of all, dude. you didn't even fucking mention River Dogs, and that's in my opinion your best work ever. And then then you put in weird shit from like Last in Line. Who even fucking listened to that album? I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it wasn't really out there and known. Like, oh, this must be Vivian Campbell. <laughs> you oh. know what I mean? I don't remember the conversation exactly, but when I met him a couple years ago, mm-hmm. when I was interviewing Vinny Epicy for Last in Line, uh-huh. I asked him about River Dogs. I said, do you think you'll ever do some more River Dogs? He goes, no, never. That's interesting. Kind of just blew it off. I'm like, wow. I go, no offense. I go, my buddy, I love fucking River Dogs. Yeah, that first album is fucking it's phenomenal. It's just amazing. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm doing this now. You know, this is my thing. Wow, that's interesting when they do things like that i get it when like you get someone on a like we all know the deal when someone goes on a show it's they're promoting the current thing they're doing so that's why whenever you see an actor on like a the tonight show or whatever it's like and then they ask him that classic question so what's your favorite movie you've ever been on it's like coincidentally the one that's just getting released this week it's like "Uh uh-huh i believe you but anyway, it's that kind of thing. So it's like, I'm doing this now. I don't want to diss the people I'm working with. So this is all I want to talk about in this interview. It's like, right, but you're fucking Vivian Campbell. You've got a whole career spanning right. decades. 
Is it not this, legitimate to talk about some of that shit? This was all off the record, too. This oh, was not wow, and he still wouldn't talk about him it. chat because I want him to sign my shit. That's weird, man, when they do that. Because you wonder, like, is something going on there that I guess you don't feel you want to talk about, which is your right, but it's weird. It seemed like the, when we interviewed, was it uh, Brophy? Nick Brophy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob Lamoth, Nick Brophy, and... Yeah, he Vivian basically acted like everything was cool. It's just, you know, Vivian's got a higher He's busy as fuck, yeah, because he's doing good shit. The other guys are doing their thing, whatever they're doing. Sure. Uh, huh. So it seemed like it was amicable, but I don't that's, know. Maybe just was in a mood and didn't want to talk about River Dogs. I, I guess. Know. that's, But that always weirds me out, because I would be super fucking proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know? If, if I had to say, if I were Vivian Campbell, what do I know? But if I were Vivian Campbell and I said, hey, uh, what do I want to talk about forever for the rest of my life regarding my career? It's like, I would love to talk about River Dogs because I'm fucking proud as shit of that album. And and obviously Dia. Def Leppard, to me, I'd be like, that's just a gig. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it. Not Obviously, I love the work. I mean, the, the money, rather. So I'm not here to diss them. And Def Leppard's got some great music. But is that the work I'm most fucking proud of? I would say so. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'd say last in line, I'd be more proud of the fucking Def Leppard. Who knows any of that shit that he's actually been on and co-written off any of those Def Leppard albums? I honestly, you know, it'd be interesting to go back and look and see his co-writes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Paper Sun, the last really good record Def Leppard did was a ba- uh, the one called Euphoria. And that's when they kind of went to try to do a hard rock record again. Uh, okay. That's the thing. It seems like that, they got into that weird, you know area where it's like it's not really hard rock but it's not really pop it was really kind of hard to define yeah well joe elliott's like oh we're basically a pop band yeah. we're not a heavy metal band well, at least we're he's being obvious uh, or, or, or uh, honest about it i can respect yeah. that but yeah when you hear it's just when you know stuff like you know the old shit man mm-hmm. and, and the classic shit even just pyromania that shit sounded so good oh, yeah. in the 80s, man. And I'd rather have them write an album just like that, rip that off, than what they do now. Oh, it'd be, it'd be incredible if they did that, but yeah. they won't. They're, I was no. sticking to our guns, man. I mean, they, the last album was Def Leppard, self-titled in 2015. Before that was Songs from the Sparkle Lounge in 2008. But that was seven years before that. Yeah. So it's been a long time. So in the last what is that uh, 21 so 13 years they've done two albums yeah you know it's not a lot and I'm not sure if they decide to put something together during like the you know where we are now with the pandemic and stuff but they used to go out every year and tour uh, and make big bucks tour with Poison or another big band from that era and make make bank yeah yeah uh, that's the thing I don't begrudge him at all being in Def Leppard for the fucking serious money he's gotta be making good on you you know, if nothing else, I'd be like, this is my retirement money. You know, I'm socking right. this shit away because I'm not stupid. I won't be able to do this forever and I got to be able to live, you know. Right. But if you look at the last Def Leppard album, he's got one writing credit on one song. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Wings of an Angel. He's got him as a co-writing credit on that. That's it. Can you it. pull up Euphoria and see if he's got writing credits on uh, Euphoria? I'd uh, be curious. All right. Euphoria. Because that's the more rock record. From 1999, Euphoria, let's look at the Poison L. So, yep, Vivian Campbell's on there. And the song list, song titles, we got... He wrote on Demolition Man, uh, Paper Sun, like you said, It's Only Love, To Be Alive, Guilty, Day After Day, 
That's it. Not, not bad. That's maybe no. half the songs. Well, Paper Sun, definitely the best song. That Promises were the two standout songs on that record. Yeah, and, and Promises was Phil Collin and Mutt Lang Holmes. Oh, the Mutster Holmes? For sure. But Paper Sun, sure. Paper Sun, won't you come? <laughs> Should we play a little bit of Paper Sun? Go for it. I want to be a little small horse. <laughs> All right. Or it's a, actually, it's a big horse. All right. Uh, dilemma. So, one of our favorite people's coming back to Houston for a back-to-back concert event to where he gets to uh, host two concerts back-to-back. Uh-huh. One being Sebastian Bach, which I kind of want to see. Uh-huh. And the other one, Jackal, I don't really care. I've uh-huh. never been a real big Jackal fan. Fair enough. The Shriekster. Ah. So, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yep. E.T. Yep. The Extra-Testicle. <laughs> uh, I want to see Sebastian Bach, but since he's hosting, I don't know if I want to go. Is that shitty it's, or it's stupid or too much? It depends. Or... It depends on how much you like. No, I mean, if you're doing it just so you can fuck him, as if that were somehow going to affect him at all. Then that would be petty, but you're not. You're just saying uh, it tells me that box music or whatever he's going to be doing isn't enough to get you to listen to the other dickhead just to hear it, and that's fine. Uh, that's your that's your. Well, I had tickets to it twice. Damn. And this is the next postpone. The next one that's supposed to happen supposed to happen next week. Okay. But when I saw ET was going to be there, I was like. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's been put off so much. It's like it almost like if it just decided not to happen, you'd be like, uh, okay. Yeah. You, you kind of give up anyway. That's so where so I'm I don't at. know. If I go to the show this week, like Sunday, if I go to August Burns Red or if I go to Cradle, 
Eh, I'm probably good. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's the thing. I've been kind of like that too. I just, I kind of have been in the mode of, because it's been so long that I'm like, if I finally decide, okay, yeah, I'm going to go see a concert. It's like, it, it ought to be a really good, not just some fucking act that happens to be coming through. It's like, got to be like a big one, you know, that I really enjoy. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, you know, before Sebastian Bach, I was like, he was going to do like, well, I think he's doing Sleep to the Grind in its entirety. Okay, I guess. And I was I mean, like, well, that could be kind of cool. Yeah, um, some good songs in there, obviously, sure. It's a and classic. I, if he plays some solo stuff that I like, that would be kind of cool, too. But actually, I was, I was just kind of on the fence, because uh, one of my friends was like, dude, he's playing Slave. I'm like, yeah, like, that's okay. cool. <laughs> I'm but I got the go. album, I just listened to it. It's not too too expensive. I'll probably go. And then I heard ET was gonna be there. I was like, ah, you know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll take maybe I'll take a pass on this one. See him <laughs> next time he comes. So, yeah, apparently ET was on his show. I heard this from Lee that bragging how he's gonna be in Houston for a back to back. How weird! So, it's like really because everyone else is not that interested in seeing him. No, no, he's excited. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, no one else. The idea that people give a shit about him, right? I mean, right, you know, so. like we always give him shit, but it's like, eh, if you, I mean, if you're gonna come, you're gonna come. If you're gonna do that, it's like. But you're right. Anybody, it wouldn't matter who you are. If, if Ozzy showed up, if any of these people, Bruce Dickinson showed up and started going everywhere and saying, you know, I'm basically responsible for everything cool, and I know everybody because I'm so fucking cool. And it's like, okay, this is getting kind of annoying. Yeah. You know, if you act like kind of a dickhead, then of course I don't like you. Of course I don't want to hear right. you talk. But, you know, he's only just going to be up there to go, rrr, 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 I know everybody. I called Sebastian at his house because I have his number, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, talk to him. And here he is. You're about to see him. Isn't this great? Bye. And then he leaves and jets and disappears. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it was so, kind of. I, I saw a post, I think it was on the Classic Metal Show, that somebody posted that he's starting to get booed. At wow. what he's what he's introing bands, so that could be kind of fun to see. <laughs> That's the thing. I I think he's an idiot. I, I don't give a shit about. Him. I don't care about anything he has to say. But that doesn't mean I necessarily want to see him humiliated publicly. I mean, I'm right, not that right. much of an asshole. But you know, by the same token, it's like, hey, if you get up there and everybody's being a dick, it's like. What made him act like that? What did you do to piss him off so much? Yeah, you know. I mean, if if, if, if it'd be interesting to find out, are we the only ones that feel like this? Are we just being unkind dickheads, or does a lot of people feel this way? Which says, well, that's not us. That's you, buddy. There's a lot of people I've talked to that are not fans and artists. Wow. Off the record. Now that I didn't talk shit about them too. Wow. So that would it's be. It's not just us. It's there's others. <laughs> so, that's interesting. <laughs> I talked to a call. Uh, well, I think offline, it's two or three offline, artists can, I've talked to yeah, about. Offline, you talk. can tell me, yeah, so we don't burn any yeah. bridges. Or... <laughs> no, we're not doing that. All right. That's, that's... Never, never. So uh, why don't we do our uh, last story and then do our classics and then uh, picks of the week, Holmes? This sounds like a reasonable course of action. Let's, uh, let me look at what I got left here and see what would be the coolest uh, story to talk about. Um did you know this? Let's do this, especially since it's, uh, we're getting into the uh, the spookiest month of the year. Oh, yeah. Did you did you know that, uh, this is according to MetalSucks.net, that uh, Slipknot's Corey Taylor is playing a radio DJ in a horror movie called Bad Candy? Huh. 
Yeah. So it says, <laughs> I love it. Axel Rosenberg over at uh, at Metal's uh, Socks. He's hilarious. He says, move over, Mario Lopez. Having already changed the face of heavy music forever and all time, Corey Taylor is ready to take on Hollywood. <laughs> the Slipknot frontman plays a radio DJ, Chili Billy, in the new horror film Bad Candy. It's a terrifying tale of people who really, really hate Gilby Clark's old band. Brought to you by the masters of horror themselves, directors Scott B. Hansen and Desiree Connell. It's been receiving rave reviews from outlets like The Guardian, Blu-ray.com, Vague Visages, and in there he shows like a quote like from The Guardian, unapologetically juvenile. <laughs> Blu-ray.com, frustratingly random. And Vague Visages, works best as a showcase for the acting talents of the dude from Slipknot, which is really saying something. And hard-hitting journalistic outpost, NotFist.com, who says, it's especially fun to hear Taylor say things like, can you dig it? So this sounds like it's a little bit of a shit fest, which makes it kind of hilarious. Yeah. But, but I guess it kind of sounds like, what's his face? Uh, Corey Taylor just, you know, somebody asked him to be in the movie. He said, okay. And he just probably looks like he just chewed scenery like a motherfucker. Which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. He just said, I'm going to have yeah. fun with this. But it's available on video on demand, so you might want to look around really? and check it out. Yeah, called Bad Candy. Bad it's been Candy. Out, it's been out for nearly a month, but it's just been released online today. Oh, okay. Does, can you see, Is the, uh, does it look pretty B-rated, or can you see anything on it? Uh, as far as, like, uh, even the movie posters, some, sometimes you can tell uh, whether or not it's going to be total shit or something decent. Uh, I think you can, probably just, you can probably just go over to IMDb real quick and look at Bad Candy because, you know, it's a movie, so it should be listed. Wouldn't it be hilarious? It's not even big enough to be listed at fucking... <laughs> it's 20, called 20. Bad Candy? Yeah, let me look at this poster. It looks right. like it might be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's your classic sort of cheesy Halloween poster. I'll put it in Discord as you can see it. It's got like a, a fucking... Uh, it's in the general channel. It's got a... Fucking jack-o'-lantern sitting inside a, a bear trap with candy everywhere. It's the kind of thing you probably gotta go like, hey, I gotta see this. But it's got the tag, the tagline, trick or treat, you're dead. It's like, uh huh. Okay. That's the thing. It's probably terrible. But uh, it's got yeah, it's Zach Galligan in there from uh, Zach Galligan. Wasn't he the main guy in Gremlins? Oh wow. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Where'd they find him? <laughs> I know. I was like, he was at the post office when they. <laughs> So we got to have him, mate. Okay, uh, I've got it on on the Discord, the little trailer you sent me. I just don't have sound. It doesn't look that bad. It doesn't really? look too B-rated. Oh, okay. It might be actually worth... Like I said, it's watching. that time of the year when we kind of get into that kind of shit. So it'd be interesting to hear if you go, because you're the kind of guy that would do something like this, go and watch it for the fuck of it and let me know, like, is Corey good in it? Is it... Because it, wouldn't it be amazing if it's, there's a shitty little movie somebody made? got Corey yeah. in there and he was just fucking awesome like dude he was so fucking cool I'd love to see a whole movie with this guy or something like that yeah. that'd be kind of cool I mean I'd love sure. to be wrong and have it be a fucking gem that nobody knows about yeah I might try to check this out I'm not going to pay for it did uh, you ever see the one uh, that was I think it was a vampire movie that had like Alex Lifeson in it yes yes a long time ago how it was wasn't, that wasn't Grace uh, what's her fucking name Grace uh Grace Keller? Uh, not Grace, Grace Jones. Grace Jones. She was that? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Vamp. I know, the, I know oh, it yeah. was a Canadian horror movie with vampires. Right. It was cheesy. 
It was cheesy. I figured I it would be. I forget the name of it, But though. it's like, it's fucking Alex Lifeson, dude. How cool would yeah. that be? It would be amazing. I always used to fantasize about shit like this. To be able to, like, I'm finally making my own movie. It's going to be a cool horror movie, whatever. And I'll have, like, go the, the people run into a bar. And in there is a bartender. And he kind of turns around and goes, what do you guys want? And it's fucking Lemmy or somebody cool like that. Would that be fucking yeah, yeah. the shit? That so would I be love the idea. Cool, yeah. And then if you do a movie like this in Canada, where it's like, all right, let's get some Canadian guys, and have like in different parts of the movie, one of them is Alex Liveson, and then one's Getty Lee, and one is Neil Peart in different roles. Yeah, that would be cool as fuck. Even if your movie sucked, it's like I had fucking Rush in my movie, dude. I'm proud <laughs> exactly. as shit. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. So anyway, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Exactly. But yeah, I might check that out. Right. Uh, yeah, just let us know. I'll see what I can find out on that, maybe. So. Mr. G, will you play us a classic? Then you want to go first or you want me to? I got mine queued up. All right. Yeah, go for it then. I was thinking, I've been liking uh, this little bit of Harry Cody. Nice. Fucking badass guitar player with the band called Shotgun Messiah. Hell yeah. They were actually supposed to get back together. There was rumors, but I don't know whatever happened. But uh, I like the first two records are great. I like the first one, I think, a bit more. It's a little bit more flashy guitar-wise. Uh but I tell you what, I'm gonna go with the track Nowhere Fast. Nice. Still Python, you get a classic over there. Yeah. Uh, how about our old buddies uh, from King's X? Hell yeah. Because I've been listening to them lately. I actually had a, I've got like a bunch of their albums on my little terabyte drive that I have at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I just queue up a playlist with just all of their shit and let it run through there. And so uh, how about something from Dogman? Uh, 
flies in blue skies. No, let's go cigarettes. That's a good one. Nice. Fucking great song. I do love that song. Time for the picks of the week, Holmes. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of good music coming out. It uh, really is. We got a we got a plethora of songs to choose from, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with probably my favorite one I found here uh, a little bit earlier today, mate. And this is actually a band called Movements. Uh, the 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 name of the song is called Lavos. From what I can tell, the new record's not out. I can't even tell when the record's coming out. It looks like it's just a single. Mm. Uh, but, man, it's a killer, too. So let's go with some monuments. Nice. Check this out. So there's an Iranian metal band, and uh-huh. they're they're refugees. So this is a band called Confess, and in 2018, they were apparently jailed in their home country for lyrics that were considered anti-religious, atheistic, political, and anarchistic. So you know, metal, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so they fled, and so they stopped in Turkey. Two key members of the band are now safely reset- resettled in Norway. And they can likely, apparently, never return home, where they've been, oh, wow. sent, where they've been sentenced to a total of 14 and a half years in prison uh, and 74 lashes. I don't know if that last part's true or not. But, uh, but it's cool. They've announced a new album. They, it's called Revenge at All Costs. It's going to come out in uh, January, I think. And uh, they have a new single that's out. It's uh, called Megalodon. 
and uh, it's supposedly pretty cool. I mean, they say that the uh, main riff reminds people of Sepulterra meets Lacuna Coil. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so it sounds wild. So uh, I like that. I listened to a bit of it earlier, and I was like, this sounds like some good shit. So let's do it. This is called Confess with the song Megalodon. Let's do it. different shit out there that is home she's going to international homes a fucking iranian metal band isn't this crazy what a yeah, time to be alive <laughs> who'd have thought who'd have thunk it well uh guys we want to thank you for listening to the show we appreciate all the support sorry we've been like a day's goal with getting shows up we're going to try to get better we always make that promise to you but we don't always keep it yep <laughs> but sorry we do that. our best yeah but you know the summer lull is nothing new to uh fans of our show both of them. True. Yes, the three. <laughs> Give us credit for one more. There you go. This bound. Well, guys, we want to thank you for listening. We appreciate you uh, checking us out. We'll try to get better, like we said. But before we let you go, it's time for us to give you two big holes up. This is Al Joseph, and you're listening to Genghis and the Ragman. Horns up. with Ragman Mono E Mono with I gotta say uh, over the last few years this guy has really become one of my favorite guitar players he brings in about every 
thing. I love the guitar player feeling, shredding, sweeping. He's a one-man stop for badass guitar playing. I lost my train of thought. But we are talking to my friend Al Joseph. Al, welcome back to the Genghis Ragman Show. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I got to tell you, uh, Labyrinth, oh my God, that is... It's still on my iPod, you know, uh, it's one of my favorite instrumental records ever, and I don't think I can ever pull it off. I mean, you're in good company with like guys like Tony McAlpine, Tony McAlpine. I think that's the only other real, well, Rep Beach, I got his latest one still on there, but uh, don't listen to a lot of instrumental music, but yours is one I go to a lot, because that record was so damn strong, dude. Every song was just phenomenal. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. It's been a lot of work. Oh, I bet, dude. Well, how long? I, I don't know if I remember asking you uh, when we spoke before, but how long did it take to put that record together? You know, that one I, I thought I sought out to take my time with it. You know, I, I, I think a lot of the other ones, well, the other two, I, was, I should say, and the, the other projects, those were kind of. Um, I felt those were kind of rushed due to deadlines and stuff like this. But with Labyrinth, I had no one was expecting it. I had all the time that I could take with it. I think it took like eight months or something like that. I just took my sweet time with it, you know, and um, wanted to focus more on the quality. So from everything. Oh, it is. It is definitely quality. Uh, guys, if yeah. you've not checked this thing out, it's just a phenomenal instrumental record. Um, well, th that said, man, uh, you've got new music getting ready to come out. Um, yeah. Can you tell me, tell me a little bit about, I guess, your latest project that's coming out, and if you have a time frame of when you may release it? Yeah. So you know, I recently switched my whole mindset to doing singles rather than doing EPs and full albums because I really want to see how much quality I can get, how much quality I can squeeze into a song, how much thought that I can put into one song at a time going from here on out, you know, uh, unless that changes. And during that time, I spent maybe this is, I mean, I think we're going on five months with this, with this song since I started writing it. And uh, not that it should take that long to finish the song, but um, there's just been a bunch of other things going on. But in that time, my brother stepped in and he wants to play drums, and uh, he just happens to be pretty much the the most, uh, pretty much the drummer I respect the most <laughs> oh, wow. I've ever played with. So it's great to have him here um, and uh, recording the uh, the live recording and and doing the music video with me. But um, yeah, it's just been about just putting everything I've got into one tune, into the marketing, into getting the music video done, getting the merchandise out there and stuff. So I just feel like um, that's this is the start of something new, of a new direction. You know, I might be doing, I will definitely be doing songs in the future with vocals and stuff like that. So just kind of like taking this as a kind of Miles Davis writes it and then you know goes out and then finds musicians who are interested in playing on it and just kind of building the band that way i feel like it's more organic oh sweet that's sweet yeah. well let me ask you for i don't know if you put this much thought into it i'm sure you have but as far as going forward so it sounds like the first single the one you're getting ready to do the video for is just you and your brothers right because chris is back on bass right 
Chris is not. Uh, oh, he's Chris not. Is still back home. No, no, he's still back home, uh, getting well, and uh, he just had his um, his uh, transplant, and uh, he's just getting better. And now he's got plans to move back to LA. So once he gets back here, for sure. I mean, I mean, the doors are wide open for him. Um, but Steve, Steve's been here. Um, it's just that he hadn't been focusing on music. He's got his family and stuff like that. He's got mm-hmm. a third kid on the way and stuff like that. But I think he's kind of in that mindset now where he's just like, you know, fuck it. You know, if there's no better time than now in my life to to do all this. You know, if I got to juggle my my family life and, and manage that while being able to do my passion, which is playing drums, then I, I got to do it. So we had a long talk about it. And I was like, well, look, dude, let's take it one song at a time. I'm I'm dialing back on the uh, amount of music that I put out, you know, per release. So might as well use this as an opportunity to kind of filter that in and uh, develop some type of system that works for the both of us, you know. So um, so it's just me and Steve for now uh, working on this song. And I wrote this song. Um, I just have him playing drums for the, the live recording of it and uh, just filling in um, on the music video. So. Oh, sweet, sweet. Um, yeah. Do you plan on, is this going to just be a, a full project with you and Steven, or are you thinking about bringing other people in? Uh, yeah, over time, just seeing who really works. You know, to, to, I guess I guess this will get into the, the next conversation, which is what's going on with the band. So um, for me right now, I, I had to dial it back and just get personal and just bring it back to me and back, bring it back to the source. Right now I'm looking to find something that works for whoever, like I said, wants to jump in and um, be a part of whatever song or whatever project at that point in time. And right now I feel like having Steve there is half the battle. You know, finding a drummer that really fits, really knows you and really cares enough to know the song, not just wants to beat on the skins for no reason. You know, he's, he's a very... Uh, intuitive person when it comes to song form and stuff like that. So having the drummer there and, and having Steve there is, is half the battle. As far as everyone else, um, I, I just can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what kind of um, attention, not only from the fans and the media, but what attention uh, it brings as far as the musicians that want to be a part of it. You know, I'm really looking for genuine guys who are like, Dude, this is awesome. I like this. I like what's going on. I love the direction you're headed in. I want to contribute rather than I want something out of it or I want, you know, um, to kind of ride your coattails with that. And that's a lot of what has been going on in the past. So now I'm just trying to do it the right way, take my time and see who actually fits.
Oh, perfect, man. Yeah, I want to ask you this. That, that you, you said something interesting about the drummer aspect, and I've got I've right. talked to a few other guitar players, and a lot of them mentioned that the hardest, I guess, role to fill in a band is usually the drummer for them. The drummer. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. Because I guess worst yeah. case, you could play bass if you had to, but the drummer's just the hardest piece of the puzzle for a lot of really talented guitar players. Exactly, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different types of drummers out there, I'll say. You know, I run into t- the types that I went to Berkeley with, where it's like, okay, you know, this guy is very well known there, but how, how good is he and how um, disciplined is he at learning the actual tune, right? Yeah. How disciplined are you with, um, you know, keeping your feet where they need to be? Um, and, you know, because like the drummer is the sound of the band. You know, if you listen to a mix and then you automatic, you know, if you just right off the bat mute the drum set, what do you have? You have a bunch of noise. So the, the band's nothing without the drummer, and the drummer has more roles than just playing what's there. You know, you gotta you gotta bring the attitude. You gotta bring that uh, that spice to the song, whether you're in a live setting or a recording setting, right? So. Yeah. There's a lot of drummers out there that can play, but there's a very few who understand that element. And I just feel like Steve really is one of those guys who uh, gives himself to the song more than he is trying to promote his drumming. So uh, that, that's that's really huge. And a, and a lot of drummers out there don't really understand that yet. You know, either they're trying to fill in a, they don't either they don't care and they're just trying to fill in a spot and get paid, or they really want to show off. And it's just Steve has a bit of everything and that's the the best combination you can have oh yeah i agree and it's funny because some drummers even like the you know those guitars uh guitars that do the extra winkery drummers can do that with the (laughs) drum winkery if you if you will if you know what i mean yeah for sure i mean like i'm the type of player that you know even though i'm writing instrumental music you know i i'm really about the song and to have but but there are times where i'm playing live and I want to show off, you know what I mean? I want to, I want to show off a bit, and I, I need a drummer that can get with that, right? Yeah. So, you know, I've had it in the past where there's drummers where you know they're, you can feel it in their playing. They're, they're, they're learning as they're playing the song. It's like, dude, your homework was two weeks ago. What's up? You know what I mean? So, it's like where Steve really helps with that. You know, he, he'll learn a song. He won't even touch the drum set for, for the first week. He'll just listen to the song. He'll make sure he knows every aspect of what's going on. He'll know the lyrics, you know, uh, the chords that are going on. You know, he really embodies the song, so it's so important to have that. That's that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I will tell you something else. Uh, I don't know if you know the vocalist David Reedman, uh, but he's doing kind of a record on his own, and I think he started GoFundMe. And as he got it out there that, hey, I'm working on something, he had... A bunch of musicians just coming out of the woodwork uh, saying, hey, I want to work with you. So hopefully that same sort of thing with, I mean, your presence on Instagram, you're on there quite a bit. Hopefully guys are seeing that. It's like, oh, shit, I want to play with Al. You know, that would be freaking awesome to lend my drumming, my bass or, you know, a guest guitar solo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do because I've kind of... You know how the world's changed in the music industry, you know? Back in the day, it's like, hey, you want to be in a band, and as long as a few people are talented, people are going to want to join. But nowadays, it's 
I think just everybody has their own thing going on, which is really cool. Um, but I think for me, it's a it's a great shift in my mindset as far as like what my expectations are going to be. You know, it minimizes frustration to, to to hit it from a standpoint of like, hey, here's I'm going to keep some consistent work going. Whoever's feeling that, hit me up. You know, and let's give it a try rather than okay, we're, you know, we're looking for somebody to be in a set band, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like, that's a, that's a lot harder to do nowadays. Everybody has their own thing going on, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah. with this project, because you, you said you're going to do singles, do you, once you get about 10, do you say, okay, I'm going to put this on a full length, or do you just keep everything as a single? That That's the goal, you know, that would be the goal. I mean, I love to get back to doing albums and stuff like that. I just think that doing it this way allows me to be more creative. It allows me to reach out to the fans and ask them what they want. Hell, they, you know what I mean? Like out of the 10 tracks that I release in the year, they might want five on this disc and five on another disc, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, it just allows me to be more flexible and keep my ear to the ground for real and actually listen to the fan rather than having some label dude in my ear telling me, well, you need to do this, we need to do, you know, someone who's detached from the whole environment, right. you know, kind of telling me what I need to be doing, which is, you know, this gives me the best, uh, you know, preview as to what I need to be doing next. So it's awesome. Well, let me ask you this, just mentioning you mentioning a label there. Uh, with us kind of coming out of the pandemic, who knows with what's going on now with this Delta variant, but say things, right. you know, say it doesn't get as bad as it was. Do you, have you been contacted by labels saying, hey, we want to work with you? Or uh, I just kind of wonder how the industry is changing for you right now, kind of coming out of the pandemic as far as something like that happening or a band thing, like you mentioned a little bit ago with vocals and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, so no, uh, not over not over the pandemic. And I, and I think it's a good thing. I think that what I need to do to even be at that point, especially having gone through what I went through before, is that I'm learning that I need to be the whole package. I need to see what someone like that is looking for you know labels they're, they're basically investors right so they want to see that if they invest their money in you that they can get something back right, right. and even me going forward like if i'm approached by a label if i approach a label i need to have some leverage there too right i need to have my shit together um it's fully and you know where it happened before i had my shit together but like i said having having other people come into the group right that you're spending that in it that energy on they need to know what's up right they need to be able i'm looking at for people who are who can sustain themselves who understand a little bit of the business so i'm actually happy that no one's hit me up yet because i'd probably have to tell them no not right now you know because i have to be responsible and make sure that everyone here can can lift their own weight really you know and that's mm-hmm. that's another thing that's very hard to find so Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, uh, I guess another one for you. Uh, as far as this project, you know, say 10 singles or whatever, it, it ends up being. Right. Do you think any of them will include vocals or is it, you just looking totally instrumental for this? Um, I think it's. I'm going to make a conscious effort to probably swap between the two. I mean, it, it depends on where inspiration hits. But honestly, I think the next one, I'm going to be really disappointed if I come out with something without vocals on it. 
right? So um, it's definitely going to be vocals next time. Um, who knows? It might catch fire, and then all of a sudden it stays vocals for, for that. I mean, that, I'm always going to have the itch to do instrumental stuff, but um, we'll see, man. Who knows? Well, you definitely provide the best of both worlds, being an awesome instrumentalist as well as a very good vocalist as well. Uh, Appreciate that. I, I want to ask you, um, and I want to tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what mine is, but out of the stuff you did within the Hive Mind, um, what was the biggest, most epic piece to you, or maybe the hardest song for you to come up with and you were most proud of? Because I have one in my head, and well, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. See if sure, that is yeah. in line. Uh, the Epicoustic. I freaking love that song, dude. It's so layered. There's so much shit going on. It's what? What is it? Like ten minutes or so, something like that. Yeah, but it's, I, it's long. That's a long one there. What, uh, is that, am I close to that one being one of the ones, or was there another song within the catalog that really was, uh... I, well, something to be said about that EP was that, like, the thing I love the most about that EP and the reason why I would have to say that those those three songs, you're, you're pretty much on the nose there. Um, I, I would have to say because though I didn't write those songs. You know, I arranged those, um, and... I, Alon, my Maytel, you know, was in the band before. He yeah. wrote the acoustic song for the most part. I wrote a lot of the parts for sure, but I didn't, for the most part, that song, the inception of that song is definitely um, by him. Um, so, I, and that tends to happen with me. Like when I get people that are involved and who are putting forth the effort that we're all kind of throwing in together, um, 
that's when the most epic shit starts to to hit. Oh yeah. Right? You know, and so like I'm I'm completely aware of that, and um, I was gonna say Featherbed for sure because my brother wrote that one. Chris wrote that one. That's a badass song too. Yeah, yeah, and I really love that one because that one really forces me. A lot of his songwriting. We have a whole other album he wrote that never got released. That um, is along those same lines as Featherbed, and that that type of songwriting and that aesthetic really forced me to bring out the subtleties of my voice. It's not straight up like rock and roll the whole time, you know, like Russell Allen kind of wannabe type of vibe, yeah. um, which is which is really great because I feel like I have a lot of R and B subtleties and stuff like that that I'm good at throwing in there as well. So. I hope to God, and I think I'm pretty sure it'll happen, that a lot of the new music will have that. Um, and that's pretty much the, the direction that we're going. But I'd say anything off of that EP would be probably the most epic um, piece of music that I've actually been a part of, for sure. That's awesome. And I, I got to say, I think the time, or I don't think, the time when I saw you uh, several years ago when we first met, after the show, we'd all had a few drinks, and Chris was like, dude, you got to come back to the bus. I have something I want to play you, uh, me and Al. And that was it. We never made it back there, so that's still in the can, oh. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope it gets released. I hope we can all get together and just do it right, you know? It's just, right now, like I said, it's about being careful about who you choose. Because yeah. when you choose somebody to be in the band, you're, you're putting effort and energy into that, you know? And you just have to be very, very careful. You, and you have to be picky. It has to be a good fit. So um, I hope we can get that music out. Well, like you said, when you have someone very talented in the band that inspires you, like Chris or Alan, man, you just write more shit. And, I mean, everybody's contributing, and you come up with this just epic shit like you, you guys yeah. do. So, yeah, I... I Creative people uh, cause other people to be creative, and you just—that's when you create all this awesome music, like you guys do, man. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! I hope it. I hope we, like I said, we've had a bit of a change in, in personnel, but um, hopefully, uh, over the next uh, year or so, we'll we'll find a good cohesive group. We'll find something that can last and uh, bring a perspective there that is actually. Uh, that, that can hold some longevity with it, you know, it's something that's sustainable. So, awesome, man. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Just give me a little insight on the single, and then I got some other stuff I want to ask you about. But uh, as far as direction, is it just pretty much normal Al Joseph type of uh, you know instrumental stuff? I would or? say it, it's 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 built to kick your ass. Fuck yeah! I'll put it that way. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. like the sound of that, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, I've been listening to uh, a lot of Jason Richardson, um, Jakob Sateski, uh, you know, David Maxim, and I'm really trying to bring a little bit more out of myself as far as the uh, compositional aspect of things are concerned and guitar-wise, you know, just like really pulling out all the stops. And I'm pretty sure this one is still going to have... I was actually... Um, I, had, I had had none of the leads recorded yet, just the rhythms, and I had uh, my homie at JTC over there listen to it. I remember staying up with him super late in the night, just going through a lot of ideas, and he listened to it. It's got that... I love watching people's reactions because 
it's the type of song that you can listen to without the leads and it's still it's still enjoyable to listen to oh, so awesome. i was really pr proud of that yeah and um still got that good old al joseph you know melody but melodicism in it but it's got a lot of shred it's a it's a it's very dream theater meets periphery meets animals as leaders meets uh tony mcalpine rusty cooley i mean it's damn it. you're gonna hear everybody in this that sounds awesome man well okay oh, yeah. I, I gotta ask you this man uh you said you've been working on that song for about five months so yeah. <laughs> that said how many others do you kind of have in work work in progress right now this is my this might sound crazy but nothing i mean i i have i always save any ideas that i have you know in my uh you know, in my voice memos and stuff like that. I mean, I could pull something out there right now and start working on it. But I, I was very intentional about making it about this one song. Plus, I had a lot of JTC stuff I just released. I mean, a fuck ton of stuff there. Um, and just some other things going on in my life, just living life and stuff. But for me, it's been all about just kind of like putting the song down when I feel like it's time to put it down. Going and getting a beer, you know what I'm saying? Going to get a drink, relaxing. Uh, with the people that I love and care about and drawing inspiration from there and letting that be a part of the song. You know, like I, I like I said, I wouldn't recommend purposefully taking five months out to work on a song, <laughs> but at the same time, that's what has happened. And it's been, it's given me a lot of time just because I know a lot of people just don't know about it yet. And a lot of people aren't really expecting anything yet. So I, I was just interested to see what would come out given the space and time and without any kind of time constraint and i think i just think uh people are gonna love this song dude i can't wait to hear it i'll tell you that that's for sure oh yeah Hell well yeah. you are a busy man dude you got a lot of shit going on uh you, yeah. you do the lessons you're on instagram it seems like every couple of days or something like that doing lessons and uh, workshops and, and stuff like that. I, I kind of wonder how you find time to even work on new music with all the other stuff you you got going on. Yeah, you know, I I try to. I'm as busy. I'm I'm an entrepreneur, right? That's how I see myself as a, as a musician. I feel like more musicians should see themselves that way. Like I'm as busy as I want to be. I'm as busy as I create work for myself. And if I see a lane somewhere in my operation i need to take the responsibility get off my ass and get up and get it done you know that's just the way i've always been and and um i'm just i feel like it's as sad as the pandemic has been for people i feel like it's given me an opportunity to double down and i've kind of used it to do so and to uh stay healthy and double down man i mean if i'm not gonna do it no one else is gonna do it for me right so right. i've i've gotta just look at it as that i feel like in time it's going to pay dividends in ways that i'm not that, that i can't imagine right now so it, it, that's the way my life has always been for me and that's how i'm gonna do it man i gotta stay i gotta stay focused busy oh yeah for sure well i tell you yeah. what let me let, tell me a little bit about your collections box set sure yeah yeah so the the new one so i i wrote this song right and I had it pretty much done. I, like I said, I wanted to make sure the rhythms were great. I knew the, li the leads were going to be great, but I wanted to make sure the song was good. So I'm talking to Johnny and uh, at JTC, and I was like, "Hey, man, I want to put out a box set for this thing. I want to put out a set." You know, it's like, 
look, man, here's what you need to do. So long story short, he's like, write these smaller songs first, you know, um, do 10 licks for those fast and slow. Um, you know, let's tab it all out. Uh, and let's, let's put something together that people can actually learn first, you know, warm them up for, for that whole thing first. So, um, the guys are they're they're smart and i listen to them you know these guys they're 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 good with business they're good with their um their roster with people in the roster the way they, they deal with people they have a great reputation so i always um i always talk to johnny first you know i always uh, hit them up they're kind of mentoring me through this whole thing and it's all about the song and getting it out and it being like a great piece of work. He was like, how about you direct your, everything it it means to be a dynamic soloist, right? Everything it means to be dynamic, expressive, and uh, you know, all that into four small songs. Break those down and uh, present that to the public and and let's let that be that so it gives you time to put more into your song. So that's pretty much how we've worked it out. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. I, I just looking at all the stuff you do, I was like, damn it, that's this is pretty awesome. And I like the entrepreneurial uh, aspect of what you do. And just, like you said, you're always going, man. And uh, you're putting yourself yeah. out there a lot on Instagram. And, you, you know, I don't know how many followers you have, but I'm sure several thousand. And, you know, it's... You're getting your name out there. You do your rants. I was laughing at your rant. You were just like all pissed <laughs> off. It was pretty cool. I, I, yeah. You're just a real dude, but a talented motherfucking guitar player too. On top of it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, I just I, I feel like there's a lot of look. There's a lot of people that I follow outside of the guitar world. You know, I mean, and I think I feel like you have to be that in the industry that you're in. You have to be influenced by people. I pull things from social media you know from influencers to comedians to um rap artists to athletes to you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. for me it's like finding out who i am and, and conveying that and representing that that's important you know and there's a lot of people who with just as many followers as i have that would say i wouldn't do that you know that's gonna hurt you in this way no it's not i, I you know what i mean i'm still here I'm still kicking it. So doing the rants or something like that, you know, I do them every now and then. But I feel like the, the response that I get in my inbox when I do those, super positive. People love it. You know, they love that side of things. And I feel it's it's like important to be real and to let people know who you are. Other, other than your guitar playing and just having this whole like mysticism or this uh, mystique about... Um, you're playing. I mean, if that if that's who you are as an artist, that's cool. But for me, I'm an I'm an open book like that. So, oh yeah, dude, I I, I like getting to know the person, not just you know yeah. the guy that's shredding a guitar, and doing the rants and the the lessons and just because uh, I follow you on Instagram, I've seen. I just sit there. And I'm like, oh my god, this dude's so fucking badass, and uh, I just love it. I, I love it. The more content you put out there, man, I'm always uh, down for it for sure. Man, appreciate that, man. Well, let me ask you, because uh, you're doing, uh, I guess, kind of a donation thing for the video. Where do you guys stand with that? And are you getting closer to your goal, or do you still have a ways to go? 
it, we we got a ways to go, and uh, I think I something like this, right? And I alluded to this before. It's all about listening to the fans and just seeing what they respond to. You know, I think right now we're gonna have to just go ahead and get this video done um, with what we got, um, and just let the fans decide whether they want to donate for like the merch and all that kind of stuff. But I mean. There's a lot of moving parts, and we just have to take our time and, and do everything right and make adjustments when we have to make it. So I think right now it's going to be a slow burn, but I think the video, having it out, having the release out, all that is going to boost that. And, um, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be great in the long run. So we're, we're, we're still excited, and our spirits are up, so we're just going to keep up the donation part of the site and keep it moving. Yeah, I like that. I think one of the last things I saw that you guys posted, it looked like you were walking around this, like, uh, I guess, uh, studio. Studio. And they had the lights yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. So. Here, downtown LA, all over Van Nuys. It's just, there's so many places to shoot and uh, make content here. It's amazing. Is, is, that, is video making at this point fairly reasonable? Or with coming out of the pandemic, are they kind of sticking it to you? Uh, it's, you know what? The, the prices were even better than what they had listed on the site when we got there. So, oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's looking good. Um, I've got... You know what's funny? Getting back to what I said before about the team, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like over the pandemic, I've met people on the media side, you know? Because like, when we went there and looked around the studio, we actually made some friends there. And that's, that's kind of how me and Steve roll, you know? Like, we go and do something creative, we meet people, they want to work with us, you know? And it's just like that, having that personal side of things. So, um, I, I don't know, I, I think like money right now, even though it's a factor, we're gonna use what we have, which is like our personality, right? And, our, and what we have to bring to the table. We're, we're just about offering value, you know? So on that front, it's been going really well, man. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see it, to be honest with you. It's, uh, and yeah. I can't wait, actually just can't wait to hear the song. <laughs> that's what I really want to hear. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Well, Al, before we let yeah. you go today, is there anything you want to tell the fans out there? Just just stay tuned and uh, go donate. You know, we have the, uh, if you go to my Instagram, um, it's going to be the link in my bio. Just head over there. Uh, we're accepting donations of any size and depending on the size of your donation uh you'll get some free prizes as well including uh the free pack to learn the song the new song that's coming out and just a bunch of other things we're just getting creative with it so go donate well we want to thank you for coming back on the genghis and ragman show here on the rightfrock.com and we want to tell all the fans to go out and buy al's music donate to the video uh Go to his website, and you, I think you can buy pretty much most of your music there, right? Yeah, yeah, aljosephmusic.com. Super easy. Al, always a pleasure talking to you, man. Good luck with everything. I can't wait for new music, dude. We'll be rocking. Yeah, man, I really appreciate the support, man. Great talking to you again.
is Ben Gingus and Ragman, and you've been listening to the Right to Rock, Rock. podcast, and we appreciate you listening, and we want to give a big thank you to Tracy G., who is the third unofficial member of the group. We appreciate all of his work, especially the Broken Man song, which is the theme song to the Right to Rock podcast. And also, we're going to give high props to our boys in Sonic X, Adam and Joseph, have lent us 13 to finish the show. So what you're listening to right now is 13 by Sonic X. So check them out. And keep checking us out. And horns up. up.